Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. I want to, uh, us to go to the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. This is going to be our, our launch pad for the next few weeks um, as we're beginning in this series, Our God of Abundance. Our God of Abundance. There have been a lot of ideas about this you know, a lot of misconceptions and a lot of arguments and divisions over this subject of God being a God of abundance to bless us and to prosper us. And, and I don't know why. I don't know why it's a subject of division when it ought to be a subject of liberty and one that unites us to, to understand that we have a resource in our God that is far beyond what any man can manufacture on this earth. And I thank God that we have jobs. I thank God that we have businesses. I thank God that we have people that prosper in businesses and, 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 and build business. And I, all those things are wonderful. And all those things are given in gifts by God. But I thank God that that's not we are, what we are all limited to as children of the kingdom, as citizens of heaven, that we have a God who is on our side. He loves us. Not only is He your Lord, thank God He's your Lord. Not only is He your Savior, not only is He your King, not only is He your Deliverer, but He is also your God of abundance. And we're going to find Him in the Scriptures, and we're going to look through several Scriptures because I want you to be empowered by the Word of God. I want you, that's the only thing that I can give you today that will help faith come into your life because what you don't know about Him is what you're not receiving from Him. But what you do know opens you up today. Jesus said, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now, there's a lot of confusion on this subject, which it shouldn't be, but there is. There's a lot of misunderstanding, which there shouldn't be, but there is. So I'm going to help you today, and I believe I'm going to help reinforce some things in your own life on this subject of God blessing you abundantly, and his, that He is the God of abundance or also not just reinforce, but maybe just, just instill some new things. I want to I stir up a hunger today in you to believe that there is always more with God and that He is, I am that I am. That's what He said. You know what, he, you know what He's saying when He says, I am that I am? I am whatever you need. Do you need healing? I am that. Do you need provision? I am that. you need blessing? I am that. You need salvation? I am that. Huh? You need peace? I am that. He named himself that. But we're going we're gonna to look through the scriptures and talk about him and the aspect of abundance because you see it all throughout the Bible. And I want to start off with looking at Ephesians chapter 3. And we're going to read it from the Amplified Version. Now, this is a little more updated version of the Amplified Bible. It's the 2015 version. I don't know if they brought the... Hey, you did it. Thank you. Listen to, this. Listen to how this reads. It's beautiful. Now to him, who's him? God. There you go. When in doubt, Jesus is the answer. Okay. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, more than all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Verse 21, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now watch this for a moment. 
It says, to him be glory, where? In the church. How is that glory going to be seen? What is that glory? What we just read. That glory that's in the church is found in verse 20. That this God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. So that the world looks at the church. They look at your life and say, only God can do that. There's no way that you could do that. There's no way you had the resources to do that. There's no way you had the brains to do that. There's no way you had the education to do that. God had to do that. Something else is working for you. And this glory is seen in his church. This glory is seen in your life. And it says that he's able to do it. See, my family, this is an invitation to us. That's what this verse is. This is an invitation for us to come and know who this God of abundance is. I'm able to do it exceedingly, abundantly, super abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Before, above every greatest prayer that you, could, that you could utter, above your greatest hope, above your greatest dreams, I'm able to exceed it. So how do we access that? One way. By faith. By faith. In other words, God is not here to just tell us what He's able to do unless He's also telling, showing us what He's willing to do. I mean, what good is it for you to know that God is able, but it would never apply to your life, His ability? What good is that to know that? Oh, He's able, but man, He's the man upstairs. He's way out there in the cosmos somewhere, and He's really able. But my life down here sucks, man. I mean, I am just... Tr- walking, trudging through the mud. But I know God is able somewhere out there. How's that really going to help your life? How's that going to bless you? No, if he's saying that he's able, he's saying that he's willing. What kind of parent would I be if I had the medicine in my medicine cabinet to help cure my sick child and never administered it to them? What kind of parent would you think I was? I have the cure in my medicine cabinet and I am able to administer to it administer to it, but what kind of God is he to say, I'm able to do this if he's not also willing? Oh, he is willing. He's saying, if he's able, he's willing. But he's not going to just throw this on you. He's not, this is not just on autopilot because this is a relationship we have with God. He's saying, here I am. I present myself in this way. Now, your part is to get in this partnership with me and say, I believe and I receive that. Because he who comes to God, the scripture says, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Anybody here believe that God is? How many believe here today that God exists? Okay, that's, okay, good. That makes me feel good about you guys today. All right, well, that's a good start. And not just that, and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. So what God wants you to know that he is, and that he's a giver. He has something to give you. He has a reward for you. He has treasures to open up to you. But it's not going to happen outside of faith. You must believe it. Because your believer is your receiver. (laughs) Amen. 
Okay. So that way we don't get duped into this kind of religious kind of thinking and praying. God help us totally be free from this stuff once for all. Huh? You know, and it all sounds so humble, but it's just such false humility. It's so man-made, and it's just so gross to me. Lord, I don't ask for much. I just want you to meet my needs. I'm nothing but a worm crawling around down here, and I'm not really worthy of anything that you have, but if you just put some bread on the table and keep Ma happy, we'll all be okay. Until the day when we will walk the streets of gold and everything will be wonderful and live in the rainbow's end for all eternity. But until then, we're so foot sore and poorly shod and we're asking you to help us stay dry from the rain, shoes on our feet. Let me tell you something. I'm telling you, there are many people out there praying prayers just like that, thinking because they've been told that. That's how you approach God. Like you're a completely dog nasty sinner and you're not worthy of anything. And it's your fault that Jesus went to the cross. It's your fault that he died. Okay, but the scripture says it was joy that was set before him that he endured the cross and that God gladly laid the iniquity of all of us. It pleased him to bruise him. God knew that we couldn't save ourselves, so he didn't sit there and go, well, you brought this on yourself. No, he came to help us, to rescue us and to redeem us and to call us out of that darkness and into his marvelous light. Thank God Almighty for his salvation because he didn't see you as a worm. He saw you as worthy to save. The value of something is determined by what someone is willing to pay for it. Well, what were you worth to God? The death of his son. How valuable are you? You've got to see your value as he sees your value. He was willing to give his own son to have you. And if he's willing to do that while you're a sinner, oh my God. How does he see you now that you're made righteous by faith in Jesus? How much more is there? Because see, here's the thing. Don't get duped into thinking everything gets good on the other side. And it does get good. But listen, there's more for you right now. He wants you to, to have these as, uh, as numbers the book of Numbers says it, days of heaven on the earth. Days of heaven on the earth. I want us to turn over to, where are we going? John chapter 11 for just a moment. John chapter 11. The scripture says uh, in Philippians, it says, And my God, if you know this, say it with me, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I love that verse of scripture. I love that verse of scripture. And my God shall supply all your needs. Some of you love it so much you got it tattooed on you. Maybe. 
I mean, if you're going to get one, might as well get the word on you, I guess. Listen to what that says, though. How, many, how much of your need will he supply? It says all. And my God. And my God. See, when you make this personal, instead of just seeing God at a distance and, 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 and hearing about those promises and saying, well, is, that's really wonderful, that's really wonderful, that makes me, reminds me, uh, makes me think about this boy who um, had read about the circus. He'd read about the circus and the imagery that, that it described, the, the, the imagination that went off in his head by reading the descriptions of what a circus looked like. The elephants and the clowns and the, the trapeze artists and, and the horses and the, the dogs with hats jumping through rings and, and, and uh, what else? Uh, and, and the ringmaster with his tall hat and his big cape. And, and, and he could only imagine what this must have been like. And it excited him to think that there was something like this in the world. Well, one day he was walking through his little town and he saw a poster on a store window that said the circus was coming to town in three days. Oh, he couldn't wait. And then he saw the tickets were $5 and this poor boy did not have $5. And so he was disappointed that he didn't have $5. So he thought, how can I get $5? So he runs home to his dad and he tells his dad all about, Dad, the circus is coming to town and the tickets are $5. I want to go. I want to go so bad. And his dad said, well, I'm not just going to give it to you, son. He said, do you straighten up that room and you put every, all your toys in the place where they're supposed to be? Then I'll give you your $5. I'll pay you your $5 and you can go to the circus. Well, the boy did it. I mean, he cleaned his room better than he ever had before. He paid attention to every detail. He remembered every little detail that his mom and dad taught him. All the little things that they always had to come back and repeat to him. Now, I've told you time and time again to get this. No, he got it all right this time. And sure enough, he got the $5. And he couldn't wait for that day to come. And finally, the day came. He couldn't sleep all night. He got up early that next day and he ran downtown. And, 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 and as he got down there, he got in a good place because he got there early because the parade was coming. The circus parade was coming through town. And sure enough, just like it was described to him in the books that he read, just like he had imagined in his own head, sure enough, there they come. Here come the elephants. Here come the different animals. Here comes the, the clowns walking through juggling and blowing fire and swallowing swords and all that kind of stuff. And then, and then, and then here come the dogs with the little hats on jumping through the rings as they make their way down the street. The boy just couldn't take it. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. And sure enough, to finish up the parade at the end of it, here comes the ringmaster. Sure enough, the tall hat's there, and he's got the big cape and the wand in his hand. And it was everything that the boy could have dreamed. And he runs up to the ringmaster, and he puts that $5 in his hand and said, Thank you, sir. I love the circus. And he runs home. <laughs> Missed the main event. You can miss the biggest things about God. If you settle for just, just want my needs, man. When he is the God of abundance. The first time we see his name in this way is in Genesis chapter 17. Ooh, I told you to go to John 11, didn't I? Let's go to John 11 first then. John 11. A man by the name of Lazarus has just died. I'll just take a few more minutes. Man, both services, the time flew today. Jeremiah, by the way, that communion was fantastic. Awesome. 
Um, where was I? John chapter 8. Lazarus has died, and his sisters, Mary and Martha, um, are beside themselves, as you can imagine. And Martha goes out to meet Jesus. And this is what she says. She said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. How many times have we thought that very same thing about situations in our lives? Trage tragedies, losses. You think, God, if, God had just, if Jesus had just been here, this wouldn't have happened. So you can feel their pain. You can feel their anguish. Lord, if you had just been here. Now watch this. Look what Jesus, and then she says, but even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Why is Martha saying this? That it's important to ask these questions when you're studying the Scriptures to really know what's being said. Even now, when? Now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. What is Martha saying? She's saying, it's not too late. If you had been here, it wouldn't have happened. But since you are here, and you know how to talk to God, yeah. I know He'll give you whatever you ask. So there's a possibility. There's an opportunity for a resurrection. Yeah. This is really powerful. Now watch what Jesus says to her. Your brother will rise again. Boy, isn't that comforting? I mean, He just answered it right there. He knew what she was looking for. He saw it. Your brother will rise again. I mean, at this point, you'd think Martha would go, yeah, let's get to that tomb, Jesus. Come on. Let's get him out of there. Look what she says. I know he'll rise again in the last day. In the resurrection in the last day. Well, what just happened to you, Martha? You had your confession in. If you, whatever you ask God, it'll happen. Jesus said, he's going to rise again. Well, I'm not sure if I'm really there yet. You know, we've been taught to say things the right way without really inspecting in our hearts whether we believe it or not. Do you believe what's coming out of your mouth? Do you believe what you're saying? Do you believe this word? Yeah, yes, by all means know the word. By all means confess the word. Yes, but it must be a confession of faith. Through believing and speaking. Believing and speaking. I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. He just told you he's going to rise again. And you go back to what you know. Or what you've been told. Now watch this. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection. I'm not limited to a day of resurrection. I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. The resurrection is standing before you. And the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. Wow, what a powerful thing. That word resurrection, I love this. You've heard me tell you this before, but I love it. It's, it, it means your stand up again and your recover. I am your stand up again and I am your recovery. Yeah. Woo! I am your stand up again. And your recovery. Listen, whatever it is in your life right now that looks like it's hopeless, that looks like it's over, that looks like it's too late, let me tell you something right now. The Christ in you, the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead, lives on the inside of you right now. That same power 
is resident on the inside of you. That same resurrection and life is in you now. And He is for you today. You'll stand up again and you'll recover. Ooh, thank you, Lord. I am this. Well, we know the rest of the story. He raised Lazarus from the dead. After being dead four days, nobody had ever seen that before. Because he is a right now, a right now present help. And he has abundance for you right now. Right now. Not just waiting until you walk on streets of gold. Right now. He wants you to know him as the God of more than enough. I'm going to have to stop right there. Wow. We won't get, we won't even get to, the, to the first mention part until next Sunday. But I hope that I, you've, your appetite has been whetted enough that you'll show back up. All right, let me just put you on the spot. How many of you be here next Sunday? Okay. Ah, okay. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Amen. Oh, this is good. We did um, this, uh, a series similar to this about three years ago. It was on a Wednesday night, and I felt led of the Lord to, to bring it to Sunday morning here pretty recently, a few weeks ago. And then I had a student uh, at Christ for the Nations just one day in school. It was kind of interesting. He said, I've been listening to your, to your podcast, and, and he said, specifically, I just listened to your God of Abundance. And, I mean, just as that was in my spirit that morning. And I said, okay, Lord, we'll do that. We'll do that. So I believe that right now, right now, this is a right now word for many of us, if not all of us, that God has, he's wanting to release something to us right now in this time. Amen. And I'm very excited to bring this word to you because I know what the word will do. If you'll get it in your heart, get it in your mouth, woo, believe this, stuff's going to break open. Amen. Amen. Are y'all ready to go somewhere new together? Huh? To a new place, to a new depth in God, to greater experiences? Come on, can I get a good amen today? When this happened, we talked about this. Then, then yeah. Miss Faith Winchell, she, she, got, she was inspired and started to write, to write this song. And I want her to share with us before we head out of here this morning. Do it like you did in the early service, that bridge and chorus and all that. But before, before too long, we'll have her share the whole song. But this song is just so moving. And I told her, I said, I want you playing this along the way just to keep this melody in our heart and keep us thinking El Shaddai. Amen. And I'll explain to you what El Shaddai means next week. Okay. We're out of time today. God bless you. Just be ministered to the next couple of minutes, and then Pastor Jeremiah will come and dismiss you. Thank you for being here. Look forward to seeing you next Sunday and Wednesday, too.
Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.